Exodus chapter 14, verse number 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. That's a nice scripture right there. That's a nice one, isn't it? The Lord, everybody say the Lord. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. That means keep your mouth shut. That means don't say negative junk. We abort so many things God tries to bring into our lives with our words of death. Our words act like tongs used in an abortion procedure. And Moses said, you just need to keep your mouth shut. Whatever the Lord's going to do, you just need to keep your mouth shut. And the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. So in verse number 13, Moses said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. In verse 15, God said, Tell them to go forward. So while we're trying to stand still and figure out what's happening, God's saying, Keep moving. Don't stop and think about it. Just keep moving. Amen. Let's pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, for mighty things that you've done in this house already. I thank you for giving us each other. I thank you for the family and the, and the body of Christ here in this region and in this area that we call ourselves brothers and sisters, and we walk and we move together. And Jesus, I just give you all the praise for Now, visit with us today. Open up our hearts. And let us, God, get something from this word that will change our lives one little step at a time. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. 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 So I'm changing microphones, Brother Clark. I'm going back to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I can touch my forehead now. I can get food to my mouth. It's a little shaky once in a while, but it's all right. So I'm giving the Lord praise for what he's doing and healing in my life. So uh, I, there were some, some things on this conference that I didn't realize. There were things said that I did not ever realize until they were said. A lot of what I'm going to talk about was the very first night that we were there. We, we got there Tuesday morning about 11 o'clock California time and um, got set, settled in and got to church and there was ministries there from all over the country and there were several ministries from around the world that were there. Uh, but what, I was, what stood out to me was a couple things that I want to share with this church and the Lord worked me over in a couple different ways as well. He told me, number one, he said, stop counting and just start working. And then he said, don't measure what I'm trying to do. Just let me do it. And then he said, don't go back into the past. So when I'm sitting there and I'm listening to these pastors and preachers that are running, before COVID hit, that was the main thing there. You know, California was hit very, very hard with COVID, with COVID and COVID restrictions, you know. And the church was shut down. In fact, there were several cases that went to the Supreme Court from Pentecostal churches in California because of the mandates that the governor had put on the churches. And like I said a few weeks ago, it's amazing to me what is essential and what isn't essential. And everybody can go to Walmart, but we can't go to church. And 
there is um, a spirit, there's a spirit behind this whole thing. And this spirit is, is how far can it push us? And how much can it shut down? You can, you can go to Walmart, you can go through Kentucky Fried Chicken and get food, and you don't know if the guy that put the lid on your mashed taters just coughed in his glove and has COVID, and he just put the lid on your potatoes. And then you go home and you open the lid on those potatoes, and then you do this. How, what, what, you see what I'm saying? Have you ever seen those infrared things that show all the germs in the world in your house? You know? And it's so it, there it is. And uh, one of the things that they were talking about in California and during this conference was we have to get faith over fear. You know, there were, there were multiple preachers that passed away in California because of COVID. One of them, he didn't live in California but, uh, at the time, but it was Eli Hernandez. For those of you who went to the men's conference a few years ago, remember the, the preacher, Eli Hernandez, who played the drums after he got done preaching? He died in that following May. We saw him in November, and in May he died with COVID. And the preacher that preached on... Um, Tuesday night, his name is Jonathan Sanders. He's originally from northern Illinois, and it, his mom and dad both passed away with COVID, and he's only 39 years old. But in this text that I read, Moses says, I, I want you to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Before he, he said those words, he said two words, fear not. We're going to have to learn how to get over our fear. Yeah. There's an old song that says, remember I've, I've quoted it. Some of you church folks know this. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. But Paul had a different take on death. He said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Because if I'm dead, I'm in his presence. If I'm dead, I'm already there. Now, all of us have a fear of dying, or most of us do at some point in our lives, but death is really just a transition. But what I'm saying is this. Moses said, fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. And all of these enemies that you see today, these Egyptians, after today, you're going to see them no more. And then God says to Moses, he said, I want you to go forward. I want you to go forward. And so they went forward. Moses said, Lord is going to fight for you. Hold your peace. We have to remember and we have to get in our hearts and our minds that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 20, what, 23, 18? Is that what it is, Brother Dave? 18, 18 21? I'll get it mixed up. What are they, Brother Dave? 1821 Proverbs 1821 would you throw that up there for me brother Jonathan Proverbs 1821 death and life are in the power of the tongue it came out during this conference if you say you're gonna have a bad day if you say it long enough you're gonna have a bad day oh if you say I'm not feeling good if you say now there's times when you're not feeling good all right and I'm not going to go back into the nasty trick we played on that guy in Bible college that by the time long break happened he was in his bed sick because we all told him it was a conspiracy I was the leader I asked God to forgive me I asked him to forgive me all right so so don't be judging all right so nobody judge it's in the past it's under the blood I felt really bad when I went to lunch and ate lunch and he did not go to lunch because he was too sick to go to lunch now, mind you, at 7.30 that morning, he woke up and was feeling fine. But by the time me and my emissaries got done with him, he was by 10.20, he was in bed, covered up. So immediately after I enjoyed my lunch, I went to his dorm room, which was on the other end of my dorm room, and I, I knocked on the door, and he said, come in. His name's Tim Delano. He pastors down in Texas right now. I said, of course, you know, then you go by last name. I said, Delano, how you feeling? Not very good. 
Well, I said, I'm bringing you healing right now. It was a bad joke. I started it. Right now, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you the details, and by the end of this confession of faith, you should be healed. You know what? He got up and went to work after that. But he heard it enough that he wasn't feeling good anymore. If you're going to be say and declare you're going to be broke, that's going to affect your finances. God doesn't want us to talk sometimes. Moses said, I want you not to talk. Don't say a word. Hold your peace. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whatever comes out of your mouth, that's the fruit you're going to live by. Amen. Well, we won't spend much time there because we're already getting in quicksand. I want you to go to Numbers chapter 14. The same chapter, or Numbers chapter 14, verse 26. I want to talk to you about Moses and Aaron. Numbers 14, 26, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel at which they murmur against me. Guess what? God hears when you're complaining. God hears when you doubt his word. God hears when you doubt his plan. God hears when we say things against God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God said to Moses and Aaron, I don't know how long I can put up with these guys much longer. I don't know how long I can work with them anymore. He said, because they're murmuring, they're constantly. He said, say to them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in mine ears, so will I do. So God says, let me tell you something. What you have said will happen, will happen. Isn't that what he said? Flip, flip back to that one, Brother Jonathan. As truly as I live, said, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Well, I'm just no good. Well, I'm just, yeah, I just don't deserve anything. Well, these blessings really, I just don't know what to do with them. I really, you know, somebody else deserves them. Well, I'm just never going to amount to anything. Now, let me get down to where you're living. Well, I just don't see how my family will ever be saved. Well, I don't know how I ever get Johnny Boy, no, not you, I don't think, off of drugs. Are you on coffee? Yes, coffee. I don't know how I'll get Johnny off of coffee. You see what I'm saying? I don't know how the Lord's going to work in my marriage. My marriage is probably over. Well, it's probably going to be over because the longer you speak that stuff in the ears of the Lord, he said, I'm going to just let whatever happens happen then in your life. He said, I am going to let you have exactly what you have spoken. Isn't that what it says? Is that what it says? As you have spoken in my ears, mine ears, so will I do to you. Let's go to the next one. Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Now watch. This is one of the main complaints that the children of Israel had in the wilderness. They said, we are going to die here in this wilderness. And God said, you know what? You asked for it, you got it. You remember the Toyota commercials back in the 80s? You asked for it, you got it, Toyota. That's how I broke up with a girl one time. She said, do you really want to break up with me? I said, yeah, I think so. Well, why don't you just do it right now? I said, okay. You asked for it, you got it. Toyota. And it wasn't Amy. The Lord was preparing the highway for Amy to drive right down it. Here she came the next year. Hallelujah. The Lord said, you have said your carcasses are going to fall in the wilderness? Then he said, I'm going to let your carcasses fall in the wilderness. He said, in fact, what I'm going to do is this. Every person that's 20 years old up will die in the wilderness. Now, let me share this with you, brothers and sisters. The, the journey 
from Egypt to the promised land was about an 11-day journey. 11 days. They walked around in a circle for 40 years. Are you seeing what, is anybody, and where is Danny Trout when I need him? Are you picking up what I'm putting down right now? Are you seeing what I'm saying? If we open up our mouths, then God says, I'm going to give you exactly what you say. And I'm going to let you walk around in a circle for 40 years until I get rid of this whole generation that does not believe in me. This is the generation that saw the plagues. These are the people that saw the, the hail fall to the earth and then catch on fire. Ice turned into fire and it burned up all the crops in Egypt. These are the people that saw the, the cattle dying. The lice, the frogs, the locusts, these are the ones that saw the uh, waters of the Nile and every tributary and every water uh, body, body of water in Egypt turned to blood. And these are the people that lived in Exodus chapter 13. Somebody said, what's Exodus chapter 13? That's the Passover. And God says, I want you to get ready. Because after this plague, Pharaoh is going to let you go. And he's going to let you go with a mighty hand. But, but Now watch, but before that happens, we're going to have to build us a church, brothers and sisters. So I want all of you to go to your Egyptian neighbors. And I want you to knock on the doors. Because you know what? God doesn't believe in slave labor for free. Somebody's going to have to pay for it. So they went knocking on doors. He said, I want you to ask the Egyptians of all of their jewels and all of their gold and all of their silver and all of their fine raiment. Because you know what? When God gets ready to do something in our lives, he's going to give you the provision for the vision. He's going to take care of everything that he promised that he would do. He's not going to call you to do something that you do not have the facility nor the resources or the provision to do it and get it accomplished. Are you seeing what I'm saying? God is an on-time God. And so he says, I want you to go plunder Egypt. And while you're plundering Egypt, I am going to take care of this Pharaoh once and for all. And we know the story of how the death angel passed that night and everything that was the firstborn from man to beast died. Whether in houses or in the field, even the son of Pharaoh, the oldest son, perished in the palace that night. These are the people that saw all of that. These are the people that stood at the Red Sea and heard Moses say, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, apparently, the Lord was already on to them because he told Moses, tell them to hold their peace. Tell them not to open their mouths. Maybe a good policy would be a good New Year's resolution on this celebration Sunday on this 30th day of January would be for the rest of the year, I'm not going to complain, I'm just going to praise. That's going to be hard because we tend to be negative all the time. We tend to see what's wrong. Amen. I got an A minus on the trip. I was just hoping for a B, and he said, A minus, my spirit leaped within me sitting there at the airport. And then he said these words to me. He said, you could have had an A+. Plus. But he said, when it was time to leave, you went in the bathroom and started taking a shower. I thought we was leaving yesterday morning between 5.15 and 5.30. Apparently, the memo did not get to my brain that said 5 to 5.15 we're leaving. So when I got out of the shower, I was all clean and smelling good, looking good, looking as awesome as I can. And I walk out, and all that's in the room is Johnny Ty. 
I said, where's Alex? He already left. He's warming the car up for us. Amen. Yeah. What are you saying? I'm saying, you know what? God knows that we're going to make mistakes. God knows that we're going to say things that we shouldn't be saying. God knows that you're going to think things. Now, let me say something. The most powerful thing you can do is to let something bad be thought, but never speak it. That's called developing your filters. That's called watching the gates of your lips and your mouth. God knows our thoughts. He knows when we have a negative thought. But you know what? That thought does not have any energy nor any power until I give it vocalization, until I give it a voice and I fill the atmosphere. So God said, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, Moses. Those people, the ones that saw the Red Sea open, the ones that saw the dead bodies of, of the Egyptian horsemen and, and, and horses rolling up on the shore when Marion grabbed a tambourine and all the ladies began to dance, how the Egyptians were dead because God said, when I... when." You will see them no more after today. I'm done playing around with Egypt. You're going to see them no more. The same group that saw all the ten plagues, the same arms, the same hands, the same legs that went to door to door and got all the gold and all the silver that God was going to use to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. All of those people, God said, I've had it. Could it be that we are so intoxicated on seeing the blessings and the miracles that we don't really realize that God is able to do a lot more than just bless us with blessings? He is able to provide. He's able to heal. He's able to comfort. He's able to drive fear away. He's able to plant faith in our lives. So he said from 20 years old up, they're gone. Wow. That is powerful. And so, he said, your carcasses are going to fall in the wilderness. And all that were numbered among you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Next one. Doubtless, you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear unto you, swear to, to make you dwell therein, save Caleb and the son, the son of Jephunneh and Joshua, the son of none. So you're going to have 19 and under and two old guys. <laughs> that gives me hope. The old guy part. Verse 31. But your little ones, which you said should be a prey them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. Now, this is what the preacher said that caught my attention on Tuesday night. Brother Sanders, who used to live in northern Illinois. Do you know him, Marty? Ball-headed guy now. Was he ball-headed then? So, you ready for this? Brandon, you can relate to this. Me and you got a history. colorful, isn't it? Brandon was in my youth group and Amy's youth group. The age of that youth group was 13 to 18. This is what the preacher said that I had never thought of in my entire life. The Lord used a youth group to take the promised land. <laughs> and two old guys. The Lord used a youth group and two old guys to take the land. Verse 32, But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. How about that? He said, you know what? You asked for it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to the book of Joshua, chapter number 14, and I'm almost done. I know you can't believe it. Joshua 14, verse 5. As the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. Read on. Read on. 
Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzite, said unto him, You know the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. He said, let me tell you something. You know, Joshua, that there were just two spies out of 10 or 12 that said we can take the land. And I've asked this all over the world while I've preached. Can anybody name the two spies who said we are well able? Yes. Joshua and Caleb. Can anybody name the other 10, at least one, without looking and cheating? No. Nobody knows about losers. Nobody knows about people who don't have faith. Right? So here is, here is Caleb. He said, do you remember, Joshua, what Moses, the man of God, said to us? Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Brothers and sisters, make sure that the word in your heart is a word of faith. Make sure that the word in your heart is a word of victory. Make sure that the word in your heart is what God wants for you and your life. Some of us may need to have some heart surgery and get a different word in our lives. Well, this is happening and this isn't happening and, and, and that's not going to work. And you know what? We are, listen, we are a supernatural existing people. We have resurrection inside of our bodies. We, the Bible says that the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. It shall also quicken your mortal body. I am just not some believer walking around here without a little bit of residue inside of me. My good brother, I have Holy Ghost resurrection in here. And one day when that trumpet sounds, phew, I'm hoping to get out of here as fast as I can. Hallelujah. If, you, if I go by the way of the grave, I'm, ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. Ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get up. Going to get up out of that ground, ain't no grave. Going to get up out of that ground. Yeah. We have resurrection. We're walking around on this earth. We are not in this world. We are not of this. We are not of the world, but we are in this world. Are you seeing what I'm saying? We're in the world, but we're not of the world. I hope that I am different than those in the world. I'm planning on getting out of here when the trumpet sounds. I'm going to try to live the best that I can to live for God a godly life. I'm going to try to do whatever I can to take as many people to heaven with me as I possibly can. Hallelujah. That's why I wanted to take Johnny over to, to Stockton. I wanted him to meet these guys because, listen, if this guy has already talked to his mom, she comes and gets the Holy Ghost. He talks to his brother. He comes and gets the Holy Ghost. He witnesses to his friend Gino in Hawaii five hours away on Zoom, and they do Bible study, and Gino gets baptized, hallelujah, for the remission of his sins. What am I saying? I'm saying that there are thousands and thousands of people in Laos that are waiting on his word to give them life in the Holy Ghost, to let the Holy Ghost come into their lives and give them some resurrection power. Amen. So what am I saying? I'm trying to get a hold of the big picture here today. So Caleb says, I'm 40 years old when all this happened. And I gave a good report. I said what was in my heart. One thing we got to remember is this, brothers and sisters. Don't listen to the majority of voices that you hear. Don't listen to the majority of the voices that you hear out there. Because that's what happened to the, that whole generation from 20 years old and up. They listened to the 10 spies that said, we can't do this. We are like grasshoppers in their sight. When it was the people of the land, Jericho, that turned around and said to them, said, let me tell you something, when we heard about the Red Sea, when we heard about what God did in Egypt, we heard all of that business, when we heard all of that, our hearts did melt because we knew that you were headed our way. Now, Jericho was not just a city. Jericho was a capital city. 
of one of the, Canaan, the Canaanite empires and, and countries. God is going to take down capitals in your enemy strongholds if you will allow him to and have the faith to do it. God is going to do that. But what Caleb says was, they listened to the wrong voice. Don't listen to the majority of voices. Sometimes it's not going to be in a loud earthquake. Sometimes it's not going to be in a big fire. Sometimes it's not going to be in a whirlwind. But it's going to be that still small voice when God talks to you. And he says, this is, this is what I want you to do. If you just trust with me and walk with me, I'm going to be with you all the way. Amen. Now get ready. Verse 8. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the hearts of the people melt. You don't know what your negative word does to other people. Is this? Hello. Let's just check and see if it's on. Did you hear it, Riker? All right, good. All right. Yes. Made the people's heart melt. This next phrase. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Do you know why Caleb was getting a mountain that day? Because he wholly followed the Lord. He wholly followed the Lord. He completely followed the Lord. He sold out to follow the Lord. We're coming to the time, brothers and sisters, that we're, every day we get closer to the coming of the Lord. Every day we get closer to tribulation. I don't know when the Lord is coming. I prefer him come pre-trib. I like that one. That seems to fit my humanity very, very well. If he comes mid-trib or post-trib, I don't, whatever he comes, I want to be found faithful. I want to be found wholly following the Lord. I want to be completely in that if they say you're either going to get the mark so you can buy food, groceries, medicine, gasoline, or we're going to cut your head off, I pray to God that I can wholly follow the Lord and say let's just go ahead and skip the groceries and skip the chip. Let's go ahead and lay the head down for Jesus. Because to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Because then I'll be in his presence. But what I'm saying is this. What I found out from all of those pastors is those ones that were preaching. That you know what? Some of those guys running 300, 500, or 1,000. A third of their congregation disappeared the last two years. So did ours. But God's raising up a remnant. God's raising up an anointed remnant for the end time. And I want to be called, chosen, and faithful. I want to be found just like Caleb was, holy, following the Lord. That there's no question in my mind, there's no question in my heart, there's no question anywhere of what I would do as I follow the Lord. I don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody, but I want to be an example Amen. And we say today, well, we follow the Lord. We do all of this. So let's go to, I'll get back to that in just a minute. Verse 9, and Moses swear on that day saying, surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever because thou hast wholly followed. See, thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. I cannot stop following the Lord because my children's inheritance depends on it. I cannot stop following the Lord wholly because my wife's inheritance depends on it. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I cannot stop because guess what? I am the shepherd of this church. If the devil gets me, then he's going after all of you next. And I'm not saying this braggadociously, but I hope I'm a little tougher cookie than you are, simply because of the calling that the Lord has put on my life. You say, I don't know about that, Pastor. Go ahead and read the first chapter of James. See how much responsibility is put on the leaders and the bishops. There it is. 
And so I've got to wholly follow the Lord. And you say, oh, pastor, we're wholly following the Lord. Really? Are we wholly following the Lord? Are we really following him? Let's go on, because i got something I want you to see here in just a minute. And now behold, the Lord, verse 10, hath kept me alive. And he said, these 40 and 5 years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. So for 45 years, I was 45 years, 40 years old. Now 45 years have passed, and the children of Israel have wandered in the wilderness. And I saw my neighbor drop off over here, and I saw my neighbor drop off over there. And I saw my card-playing buddy on Tuesday nights drop off over here. And I saw this one drop off over here. Why? Because the Lord is sorted, sifting us and sorting us out. Let me tell you something. The third, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to people getting, leaving this church and going to another church. Now watch. To work, operate. I want you not to go to a dead church. I want you to go to a spirit-filled church. You write that down, Marcus. He can stand on one leg and shake the other. He ain't ready for Brookstone yet. It's coming back. It's coming back, Larry and Gary. I'm surviving therapy one day at a time. That lady makes me cry more than Amy does. What am I saying? Oh, pastor, we're going to move. We're going to move to Timbuktu. Why are you going to move there? Because we want to. Is there a church there? Don't know. Uh-huh. I don't mind you moving, but make sure there's a church there, a Holy Ghost church there, where you can plug into, where your family can plug into, where you can continue to walk in holy, holy follow the Lord. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? I'm not just moving because I want mountains. I'm not just moving because I want a beach. I'm not just moving because I want a bigger villa somewhere. I, I'm, I'm moving because it's the will of God. Let me tell you something. When Miss Amy and I moved out here to Illinois, God opened every door that needed to be opened and he closed every door that needed to be closed. We did not have to even question whether God did it. But when you have to fight and work and manipulate the move of God and the will of God so you can have, and we can have our own fleshly desires fulfilled, are you seeing what I'm saying? If you want to do that, you are not going to walk in power and you're not going to walk in victory and the destruction is going to come into your home and to your life. You've got to wholly follow the Lord. So I'm not opposed to people moving and going doing that. But there are people that don't even go to church anymore. That used to set with us. You see them on Facebook. You see them belly up at the bars. If I bellied up at the bar, it's a big belly. I put the tray table down yesterday and, and it hit me. It wasn't a thought. The tray hit me. Not my head either. That's what you get when you take steroids, you want to eat the whole kitchen, maybe the pantry, the kitchen, the pantry, whatever it might be in the freezer, out in the garage, all at one time. The doctor said, have you had trouble with irritability? I said, my wife says so. I don't think so. I feel pretty normal in that area. Are you hungry? All the time. Yes. In fact, when I leave here, I'm going to Jimmy John's. Yes. I want to eat it all. All of it. Eight inch. Yeah, Hunter's Club, roast beef, mayo, lettuce. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Salt and vinegar chips. Wash it down with some healthy <sighs> Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I'm hungry. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, listen, holy follow the Lord. Let the Lord work in your life. Don't, don't just go out there. You, you see them on Facebook. They're bellied up at the bar. They're doing this, they're doing that. They're not married to the person they were married with when they were here. It's all crazy. It's all upside down. But guess what, folks? You and I are a remnant that we're left here. Because guess what? There's going to be some mountains that somebody's going to take in here. Somebody's going to say, I'm 85 years old. And let me tell you something. He said, I, my, my strength is the same that it was when I was 40 years old. He said, I'm as strong there." 
now as I was then. Watch what he says here. He said, I, ever since the Lord spake unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. I'm 85. And look at verse 11. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war to both go out and go in and to come in. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? Let me tell you something. When you wholly walk with the Lord, the Lord's going to give you sustaining power. Your strength is not going to faint. Your strength is not going to fail. Your eyesight's still going to be strong. Why? Because you're wholly following the Lord. Now, verse 12. Now, I don't even need that whole one. I just want that first line. Now give me my mountain. I'm ready to take my mountain. Well, pastor, we follow the Lord. So, the two young fellows that I was with this week, it's pretty awesome. Because there's a hunger working in their hearts. And they're always looking for preaching, and they're always looking for stuff on the internet and YouTube and all of that business. Get ready with that video, Brother Jonathan. And I told him, but you got to be careful. Alex is a warrior. Amen. Alex is a warrior. Did you know that, Amber? Alex is a warrior. He likes to fight. He just wants to get somebody on the internet and fight with him. When did you do the rainbow thing? What was that? Was that a special day? Oh, was it, was it during Pride Month? Yeah. So, you know, I hate the month of June because everything on social media is all Pride Month. So Alex puts on there what the real meaning of the rainbow was. That it was God's promise. How many... How many A thousand likes, over six hundred comments, and you're and he's a bigot. But that's all right. He thrives on that because that's part of his personality. That's why you got to be in the seminar this weekend to understand your personality, so you know where you're at. And so I said, you just be careful. Don't get tangled up in all those arguments, because I said the devil will use that to waste all your time, so you don't have time to plant seed in good ground. And then Brother Johnny. One night we were getting ready for church, I think it was, and this video that you're about to see is from a missionary to China, and I'll just let him tell the rest. We go to China from time to time, and, and uh, uh, we train leaders. And this time we brought up 22 leaders from the Hunan province and they rode 13 hours on a train to get to a hotel that they came up two by two in these elevators as, so as to not draw any attention. And then they got to a hotel room, a little apartment uh, room. It's only about 700 square feet in the little living room, no air conditioning, hardwood floor, 22 sat there. I came in and when you teach in China, you start at eight in the morning and you don't get done till five at night. You teach the whole day. They were sitting there, all 22 of them, and I looked around and I said, now, if we get caught, what will happen to me? They said, oh, you'll get deported in 24 hours and we'll go to prison for three years. I said, you're kidding. How many of you have been in prison for your faith? Out of 22, 18 raised their hands. I thought, no way. I looked at him and I said, you, you 22 people, how many people do you oversee? Because they were all of these small group leaders, underground church leaders watch in the Hunan province. I said, how many, if you counted up all the people under your jurisdiction, how many would it be? And they counted them up and they said, little over 20 million. I said, what? See, we forget there's 1.3 billion people in China. This is crazy. Well, 
I had 15 Bibles and I passed them out. Obviously, seven didn't get them. And I said, let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 1 and we're going to read it. And just then, one lady handed hers to somebody next to her. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Well, we turned there anyway. And as we started reading it, I understood why she gave it away. She had memorized the whole thing. She just recited the whole chapter. When it was done, I went over to her at a break and I said, you, you, you recited the whole chapter. She says, oh yes, I've memorized many chapters. I said, where did you memorize so many chapters? She said, in prison. She said, you have much time in prison. <laughs> so I said, but don't they confiscate the Bible? She said, yes. So people bring in scriptures written on pieces of paper and they bring it in. So I said, but then if they find that piece of paper on you, won't they confiscate that? She said, oh yes, that's why you memorize it as fast as you can. Because <laughs> even though they can take the paper away, they can't take what's hidden in your heart. I thought, wow. Well, after three days, you fall in love with these people. And when it was done, I said, how can I pray for you? I'm going to go back to America. and You guys have been just so wonderful. How can I pray for you? They said, you know, Wayne, you guys can gather like this whenever you want to in America. We can't. Could you pray that one day we'll be just like you? And I looked at him and I said, I will not do that. Big incredulous eyes looked at me and they said, why? <laughs> I said, because you guys rode a train for 13 hours to get here. In my country, if you've got to drive more than an hour, people don't come. You sat on a wooden floor for three days. In my country, if people have to sit more than 40 minutes, they leave. You sat not only here for three days on a hard wooden floor, but you did it without air conditioning. In my country, if it's not padded pews and air conditioning, people don't often come back. In my country, we have an average of two Bibles per family. We don't read any of them. You hardly have any Bibles, and you memorize them from pieces of paper. I will not pray that we become like, uh, you become like us, but I will pray that we become just like you. Let's all stand. So are we really following the Lord fully and wholly? Are we really following? What is the Lord calling us to do? Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. What's he calling us to do? What does he have for us? We went through this transition A third of us are no longer with us. And we see some are prospering in the Lord still, and others are not. We see the jurisdiction. What, how many people are in your jurisdiction? 20 million. I would submit to us while we're meditating on the Lord right now and just taking a little time. Then when it's all said and done, the church in China will judge us all. And the church in North Korea will judge us all. In 1989, in Eastern Europe, in the country of Romania, there was a, a coup and communism was overthrown. The dictator was Nicolae Ceausescu. That all started because the church underground was praying. They would pair up as couples and they would do prayer walks, and they would walk around schools praying.
and they would walk around government buildings praying. And in one of their meetings, there was a prophecy that went forth, and it said that a fire would fall in western Romania, and it would burn all the way to the east. That, that overthrow of communism started in a little town called Timisoara in the western part of Romania and burned all the way to Bucharest to the east. When communism was done and those churches were revealed, there were churches coming out from underground, as we call underground, home meetings, home groups, numbering 3,000, 5,000. I've traveled and I know the man that was there and all this happened. And let me say this in closing. Keep your, keep your eyes closed and just listen. <clears throat> let me say this. In Bulgaria, which is just south of Romania, when they would have home meetings, Brother Linkoff has been here before. Some of you know him. When they would have home meetings they would not announce when the next home meeting was. They would simply say, we'll see you next time. Because they didn't know in that house and in that group of people that came if there was any KGB and secret police. Because if they would announce when the next meeting was, then they would know where to go and they would arrest them, take their Bibles. I asked Brother Linkoff one time, we were talking about being arrested and I'm like, oh my Lord, he said, Brother Tracy, it's okay. I said, it's okay? Yeah, he said, it's not bad to be arrested. How many times have you been arrested, Bishop? About 300 times. But what they would say was, let the Lord lead you and we'll see you at the next meeting. And what the Lord would do through his word and his voice is he would talk to the heart of every person in that church. And he would say, let's meet at Alex and Amber's house next Thursday at 7 o'clock. And everybody would show up because the Holy Ghost would tell them time and place. That's what I'm talking about, holy, fully walking with the Lord and obeying the Lord. Let's gather around. Come on, let's gather around before we leave. Come on, come up close. Come up close. Lord, I pray today. We come together today, Lord, as two or three. Lord, I thank you for allowing us the opportunity to go to that conference. I thank you for the insight that you placed in my spirit. Thank you, Lord, that I never realized, but a youth group conquered the promised land. So, Lord, if you can use our youth, you can use us now. And I pray for everyone in this congregation. We're all standing here together as a family. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that, God, you would help us and empower us to, the Lord, serve you and follow you wholly all the days of our lives. That you would put upon us an anointing, that you would put on us a hunger. These, these folks in China that ride a train for 13 hours that sit on a floor, a hard wooden floor for three days, that spend time in jail if they're caught for three years, that memorize the scriptures off pieces of paper that smuggled into the prison. Oh God, will they stand in judgment against us? Lord, and we have nice buildings, facilities, we have padded pews, we have air conditioning, we have nice music, nice sound systems. Lord, and most of all, most of all, Lord, we have freedom. We have freedom here. And God, we, we have the freedom to come to and go to any church that we want, to worship any way we want, to, to speak the way that we want and, and read the word of God. Bibles, Lord, are, are just a dime a dozen here in this country. They just lay around. God, I would just pray that before we come to the close of our lives, before we come to the close of this age, that each and every one of us would be touched by Lord serving you holy and fully move in our lives we pray right now in the name of jesus put a touch on us god 
Put a touch on our spirits right now. Put a touch on us right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lift your hands right now, and if you can pray in the Spirit, go ahead and pray in tongues. Let's let the Holy Ghost pray on us and through us right now. Lord, move in our lives. God, and anoint us in a way that needs to be anointed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Oh, God. Lord, that we've made excuses why we can't come to church. Lord, we've figured out a way that, Lord, eventually if we miss church, eventually we will miss church. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. God, don't let us get in a routine of missing church. Don't let us get in a routine, God, of not serving you wholly. Don't let us get in a routine and a habit, Lord, of only going half the way. Don't let us get in a habit and routine of only going and doing the one coat ministry rather than two cloaks. But God, I pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, as this remnant is here, that this remnant will become more anointed in the name of Jesus. And in this last hour that we're coming into, that, God, we would become in tune with your spirit, God, and the moving of the angels of the Lord and the moving of the spirit of the Lord, just like has been prophesied the last several years that God was going to happen. So, Lord, we stand here just under your spout of glory. We just stand here today, Lord, under your anointing. Let it flow on each and every one of us, Lord, from the oldest to the youngest. Let it flow upon us and realize that, Lord, we have got to do something for you. We have got to do something major for you. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. One more time. Let's just pray in the Spirit just for a few more moments. Lord, before we leave, before we leave, God, make us sensitive to your Spirit. Make us sensitive to your voice. Let us learn how to flow with you, God. Let us learn how to flow with you. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise right now. You got a hand praise for the Lord? Following you, holy Lord. Fully, holy. Without compromise. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There was, a, there was a quote at the conference that Sister Freeman said. Those of you, Sister Freeman and her husband basically brought the Holy Ghost message to the entire African continent in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. And she said this, the most important thing to do is learn how to flow with the Lord because if you flow with the Lord he's going to take care of everything she's the one that I told you about a few weeks ago she was washing dishes one day and the Lord said go out on the porch and wave so she walks out on the porch and waves she comes back in she starts washing dishes again she said okay Lord I did she said good a couple days later go out on the porch and wave again that time there was a white Ford truck driving down the road by her. She's just waving. A couple weeks later, she was in town, and a man walked up to her, and he said, you don't know me? But he said, you live in such and such a house. She said, yes, sir. He said, well, a couple weeks ago, I was driving by. He said, I was depressed. I was at the end of my rope, and I was going home to get my gun and kill myself. But he said, I prayed, and he said, Lord, if anybody cares, if anybody knows where I'm at, just let me know. And he said, I drove by your house, and you were standing on the porch waving at me. She just flowing. See, we, we may have to go to that. What happens if this church has to go underground? What happens if we have to go underground in America? You know, there's this political thing going on right now, and it's between the woke, you know, and Antifa and all of this stuff, but it's coming to the church. It's coming to the church. So we better be ready. Amen. Amen. Let's lift our hands to him and pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, take what we have talked about today, Lord, and put, drive it deep into our hearts. Let your spirit and power come upon us in your name. Let us learn how to flow with you in the name of Jesus, we pray. 
Lord, let each and every one of us develop that sensitivity. God, give us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to us in this hour. Let our hearts and our ears be tuned to the frequency of the voice of your Spirit. God, we just pray that you use us mightily in this hour. God, let us sell out to you. Reveal to us, Lord, those things in our lives that you're not pleased with. Reveal to those things, Lord, those things in our lives that you're not happy with. Convict us of them. Help us to get them out of our lives. Help them, Lord, to remove them. They're just weights and stumbling blocks. They're just interference between us and your presence. And we give you all the glory and praise. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Oh, say it again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give him another hand. Praise as you're gone. Halabahataya. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Wednesday night church, 7 o'clock. Here's a snowstorm coming. Yay, yay. Maybe we get an inch. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's pray for Amy Holiday right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, let an angel of the Lord go right now to Amy Holiday. She wants us to pray for her. We're praying for her, Lord. We pray that you touch that body in the name of Jesus. God, the hands of the surgeons, in the name of the Lord, we pray. But most of all, Lord, get a hold of our hearts and lives that we can turn our hearts to you and to surrender and obey what you're trying to do in our lives in the name of Jesus. God, I just thank you for it. Lord, I thank you in advance. You're not done with this work. You're not done, Lord, in this life. You're not done in this situation. So we just give it to you, and Lord, you do it. Let us just flow with you in Jesus' name. Touch Teresa Durbin in the name of Jesus. Work on her life, Lord, and her family's life as well in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.